Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today, we're talking with social media strategist and coach Kira Reed. Kira is the owner of Marker Digital, which offers social media strategy and training for entrepreneurs, coaches, and small business owners. Kira is a social media industry veteran and a community-focused brand innovator. She brings a unique and fresh approach to brand marketing and digital strategy. Thank you for joining us today, Kira. Thank you for having me. Before we jump into more about your business, I'd like to know a little bit about who you are and what you like to do when you're not working. Um, I'm in California. I actually live on the Central Coast uh, with my fiance. And um, I was born and raised in California. I've lived all over the United States. And about 10 years ago, I became obsessed with social media, the growing field of social media and have done quite a bit in this field, um, especially in the beginning. I worked in the music industry, and I was part of the revitalization of the Roxy Theater and the Sunset Strip. And we used social media to completely transform a dying part of town. And then I went over and I did the same thing in Santa Monica on Main Street. And, uh, you know, my bio says I'm community-focused because it's really what is at the heart of everything I do is creating community and bringing people together. And it's something I love so much about social media. Um, and I find myself doing that wherever I go. And especially in this day and age, very driven by bringing people together and allowing people's voices to be heard, working with different groups right now in political action, using social media to help spread the word. And, uh, and I've been getting really interested in real estate. And my fiance and I are about to start doing a lot of real estate investing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Now, we all love to be inspired by people's journey. So the first part of our conversation is going to focus on your journey. How did you get into coaching and how long have you been doing it? I got into coaching because I have had a coach, a life coach for the last 12 years. And I started my business, Marker Digital, as a service agency. And so we were working with small businesses and corporations to help them build their social strategies and their social departments. And it wasn't that rewarding in the end. I really found that when I worked with small businesses and then when I worked with solopreneurs and people who were doing their own business and I was able to work with them one-on-one rather than just building a strategy and kind of sending them off on their way or even executing on their needs, you know, being the person who is actually fulfilling the need on the the social media part of it. Um, I really found that I got a lot more out of working one-on-one with the owner of the company or with someone who's interested in starting their company and walking them through and just being there with them throughout the entire build of their marketing department, throughout their social media campaigns, checking in with them, coming back and working again with them when they would reach certain goals It has become a much more rewarding part of what I do, and I see so many more wins. It's it's very similar to what I experienced when I was working with a life coach, and they became my 
my sounding board. And it was a great conversation for me to have once a week because I could focus entirely on me and my needs. And I find that we do that a lot when it comes to our personal life, but we don't really think about it that much when it comes to business. So having a business coach who is really specialized in the marketing or the social world helps to kind of get that business owner really thinking about once a week or twice a week for that one or two hours, what are we going to work on right now when it comes to this part of your business? And it's been really amazing to watch people grow and succeed using that as a tool as opposed to trying to do it on their own. So it's not just a the aspect of having a deeper relationship, but it's also being able to really laser focus on what someone needs help with. Exactly. Exactly. Being able to change it up week to week, check in, how are you feeling? You know, and a lot of the tools that are used by life coaches are, and relationship coaches are very important to use in these business aspects as well. And especially for women, I find that when I work with women and we start the day by saying, how are you doing? How are you feeling today? What's going on? What have your challenges this week been? It just opens them up and they are able to really explore a lot more creatively what's happening with them from that perspective. It's, mm. it's, yeah, it's really, it's a wonderful experience. Everybody knows that starting a business can have a lot of ups and downs. And I'd like to know a little bit about what you think might be your biggest disappointment or maybe the the lowest point when you were building your business? Well, that was probably when I decided uh, to break free from my business partner. And we had been friends for a very long time, decided to go into business together. We had complementary strengths and it it wasn't working. A year in, it wasn't working. And I held on for another year and a half. And, you know, the, the cost was so dramatic. I've never been in such financial straits uh, with my business. Emotionally, I was absolutely exhausted. I was lacking any creativity. My passion was gone. My drive was gone. And it was very hard to disconnect, to pull the plug on it because, you know, it's the same thing as in any relationship. You get really invested and you've got a lot of hopes and dreams that you put on this relationship, kind of materializing the things that you want that, you know, and in a business relationship, a lot of times we get into them because we feel like we can't do it alone. And mm. so then we realize, wow, I was doing better alone than, than I am with this individual. So that was probably the lowest time I've ever experienced in my business. Yeah, I can relate to that. I just have come out of a business partnership myself and and totally can relate to the idea of you get thinking in your head that you need this other person to bounce ideas off of or, or as a support system. And then you kind of find out that maybe you were doing okay as it was. Which is an odd way to gain that self-confidence in yourself. Well, it is, but it's sometimes it's what we need to go through to be able to believe in ourselves and to believe that we can stand on our own feet. And for you, was your experience eye-opening and amazing? And as soon as it was all over, things went on that upward swing again? Actually, no. Um, after that ended... 
it took me about nine months just to get to the point where I felt like I could get started again. So unfortunately, I had a I had a pretty good lull where I wasn't making any progress at all. But the good news is, is that when I finally did to get to that point, it's just been full steam ahead. Yes, that I can relate to. It takes a while. That emotional drain really... It's unlike anything I've experienced. And I've had failures in my business before and I've invested in things that haven't worked out. And I've kind of, you know, stacked the deck on things I was really hoping would bring me the things I'd been working so hard for, but nothing prepared me for the end of this relationship. It was just so devastating. Yeah. I think when it's, when it's wrapped up in things, it's different than when it's wrapped up with another person. I don't know if you've ever heard this joke before, but. I've always heard people joke about how it took me four years to become an overnight success. <laughs> so we all know that it takes a lot of consistent action before you finally feel like you catch that first big break. So can you tell us about a tipping point in your business? Maybe when you finally started to feel like you were gaining momentum? Um, I think that when that happened was in 2010, when... And that's, boy, that seems like a long time ago now, but I, that was really the most remarkable tipping point in my career where I went from not really knowing what I was doing in terms of growing my business, where I wanted it to go. Social media was still fairly new. I was still having to convince everyone that, you know, this is something you need to watch out for. This is something your business needs to participate in. I mean, I, that, that was, the time when I was still having to go in and convince people or even enlighten them to what Facebook was. So it was pretty frustrating for a while getting going in this world because it was so new. But when we hit this point in 2010 with what we were doing with the Sunset Strip and the Roxy, where I was in Entrepreneur Magazine, I was in the New York Times, I was in TechCrunch, Every time I turned around, we were in, on 2020, there was just another story coming out. There was more press. There was more acknowledgement. I would meet people at conferences and they would say, Oh, you're the one who did that. It, it took me from being, you know, among many social media consultants or many social media experts who were trying to kind of make their way in the field to, someone who within my industry was gaining recognition and validity and, and credibility because of this project that I had really thrown myself into. And I had a great team around me as well. And together we kind of created this vision that just took the social media world and the music industry by storm that year. And from that point forward, that's elevated me to a point in my career where everything from that has kind of come as, you know, Kira, the expert, Kira, you know, who's been in the New York Times and been on in Entrepreneur Magazine. And, you know, when those things happen, it kind of elevates your bio and everything about you to a completely different level that only something like that can really do. You know, you've got, you can either, you know, hit it big with the press or you can create a multi-million dollar company. And those are really the two ways that you kind of become much more known in your industry and gain that credibility that you just can't buy. Right. And then being able to continue that momentum, not let it just disappear, but to capitalize on it. Exactly. Exactly. And that came 
you know, what happened after that, I was, I had a really great business. We were doing really, really well. And that's when I was handed uh, Main Street in Santa Monica as a project, which was also just what an incredible gift. And I spent two and a half years working on that project and completely turned that area around. And it was, you know, it was a point where for me, what that meant was I get to pick and choose the projects that I want to work on. I get high profile projects. I get projects that last for several years. And so that was really a big turning point for me. And then towards the end of that is when I started to realize that I wasn't really enjoying the corporate world as much as I was working with these small businesses. And that's where I decided, you know, it's time for me to step back. There's a lot of competition in the social media world. Most people are starting to hire social media people within the company. I don't want to go for to work for a company. I really enjoy the one-on-one. I like having many clients and many projects. And so right around then is where I started to realize, you know, I think that this coaching idea is a lot more rewarding for me. And now I have kind of the wind in my sails. I have all of this credibility. Now I can really use that to make a name for myself as a coach, because that is really so much more rewarding for me and so much more immediate in terms of the gratification and, and the results. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the idea of, you know, having the big successes, things like that, you know, a lot of people will measure their success in, you know, hitting certain goals or reaching a particular benchmark so what's been your biggest win or your favorite achievement so far? Probably the Roxy. And that was it. I don't know that I'll ever have an experience like that again. It was, you know, this crossroads where social media was bare. Facebook hadn't even launched yet. Twitter had just launched and it was really about blogging with this undercurrent of this idea of community. And I had been working towards that in what I had been doing previously. So taking this idea of community and getting to take it to someone who at this time was the owner of this nightclub, a very famous nightclub in Los Angeles, who is the son of a very famous uh, music manager. So it was kind of a Hollywood royalty kind of situation. And yet the club, which had this huge reputation, was really on the verge of closing. And the owner of the club, I said, I was able to sit down with him and I said, I've got all these great ideas and it's really out on the edge and they've never been done before, but I think this could be really great and could really turn things around here. And he said, whatever, whatever it is you think we're going to do, this is the best ideas I've heard. This is what we're going to do. And so he followed my lead and he really let me guide him and his business to things that we, none of us ever believed that we could ever achieve. And so when I started working with him, it was right around the time that the tower records on the sunset strip closed. And it was kind of the beginning of the end. And the sunset strip had kind of become this has been thoroughfare that nobody really stopped on anymore. And we were able to actually using social media, using community to rebrand this area creating events around this. When when I started with him, he said, you know, I have one dream that will never happen because the city and the fire department and the residents, no one will let me do this. But I want to shut down a couple of blocks on Sunset Strip and I want to have the Red Hot Chili Peppers play and I want to do a concert to celebrate the Roxy's 35th anniversary. That's just my dream. It'll never happen. Well, three years later, started the Sunset Strip Music Festival where they shut down the street 
for two days for seven years in a row. And we had bands like, um, Dead Mouse and, um, Stone Temple Pilots and so many great bands headline that event over the course of the seven years. And to see that what we started with was just the seed of an idea, this idea that we can bring people together and we can share and we can allow this venue to really step out from behind the velvet rope and include its audience and get excitement going about this area again. And then what we did is we joined with the Viper Room and the Comedy Club and all of these great old venues along the Sunset Strip. And that's exactly what we did. We created this new community where it wasn't about uh, competition. It was about co-opetition. It was about competition working together for the greater good. And, you know, all of these ideas, these, these idealistic views of the world of how I would love to see things be, we actually got to accomplish it. And we, we saved an entire community, a business district and music scene and, and were acknowledged throughout the world for it. So that was, I don't know that I'll ever achieve anything quite like that again. It was, you know, just a matter of timing of how new social media was coming across people who were in need at a point where money wasn't going to solve the problem and they were willing to listen to me. And then ha- finding so many other people of like mind at that time that were willing to jump in on the same idea. So that was one of the greatest things I've ever done. And, and, will probably ever do. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it was just everything aligned perfectly. Yes. Um, in that moment to to really be able to use the social media in a way that that maybe hadn't even been thought of. Um, no. At that point. That's a, that's actually amazing. Thank you. <laughs> now, before we move on to the part of the podcast that focuses on action steps that coaches can take to start or grow their business, I want to talk about the future just a little bit. Okay. What are you most excited about creating next in your business? Well, I am launching a business for cannabis entrepreneurs, actually. Um, it's called Caden Academy, and it is for uh, female entrepreneurs who are interested in starting cannabis businesses. And I've joined with two brilliant uh, attorneys and uh, the former CFO of a technology company and an activist. And together, we are going to be putting together courses by professionals for entrepreneurs to learn about how to set up your HR department, how to set up your trademarks, how to set up your legal, how to set up your bookkeeping, um, how to become an activist in your area. All things that a lot of women are actually reaching. You know, I, I, I don't know how familiar you are with this. I mean, being in California and on the West Coast right now, it's dominating our entrepreneurial scene. And for women, especially, it's just become an incredible avenue in this industry where women have the ability to take 50% of the power in the industry right out the gate. So a lot of women are interested now in becoming entrepreneurs in this way. And it's just, been really incredible to watch. And so I'm very excited to be able to give them some real tools from real professionals to help them step into the business world and be really successful. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, you know, the only thing that I really know about that industry, I've, I've seen some documentaries and I guess my perspective of it was that when it got started, it was very much a male dominated industry. Yes. And 
and I've seen a few different documentaries that really seem like it's it's one of those things where women are just pushing their way in and and taking over in a sense and and just I don't know I mean it seems very inspiring to me to to see people that are coming up in this new industry and just making their own name it is so incredible. I just moderated a panel of women influentials, women in weed in Seattle. And all of these women's women were incredible. They'd had corporate jobs. One of them was a vet. Um, she had a stomach injury when she was in Iraq and came home. And the only thing that worked for her was a cannabis medication that she had made. So she started making these products. I mean, you hear this over and over again, and most of these women are compelled to do this because in some way their lives have been positively affected by the medicine and they want to bring it to the world now. And it's a fairly easy game to get into, especially for women. And you know, the, the plant is a flower. And when we're looking at it from a medicinal perspective and really being able to help with arthritis, to help with sleep, to help with sex, to help de-stress, these are things that affect women. And who better to make these products and to become a part of this industry than the women who will be using them? And not only that, but women are 80%, make 80% of the buying decisions in every household, especially when it comes to medicine. So making products by women for women because women are going to be the biggest consumers in this industry. And even if they are not participating in the recreational aspect of it, I have several family members, for instance, who use the salve because it's the only thing that helps their arthritis so that they don't have to take a leave all day. Mm. So these things are going to affect a lot of people, even though many of them won't use it recreationally. And that's where a lot of the women are entering into this industry is how can we help each other feel less pain, be less stressed, sleep better, and enjoy our partnerships more. Right. I think that's a very interesting aspect because what I've what I've learned about the industry is it seems like there's, at first, there were just a couple of different avenues. One is people getting into it just to make money because they saw what a huge opportunity it was. And then the other aspect of it is people getting into it because it's, the recreational thing and just coming up with all the different, you know, the candies and the bakery items and, and just more of almost more like the novelty of it. So then this other avenue of really getting into it for the medicinal purposes is it's just it's brand new and it's it's interesting. I think it's really cutting edge and it's a great avenue for a lot of women business owners to to bring in into an industry that that can really explode and make a lot of money, but also bringing in that aspect of, you know, helping family relationships, you know, just a more, I guess, a more feminine look at the industry. Uh, that is so well said. Absolutely. And it's actually being very inviting to women in a lot of ways. And I've I have not experienced such an incredible sense of camaraderie and openness as I do with every group of women, regardless of what state I may be meeting them in, meaning California, Oregon, Washington. There is a an openness and a generosity and a unity, I think, that women prefer to create when they self-create an environment rather mm -hmm. than kind of trying to fit into a masculine, more masculine environment that is heavily competitive and driven by the bottom line. 
women really, really support each other in this industry. It's one of, it's the most incredible. And again, it goes back to that sense of community that I've been driven by for so long in my career, seeing that happen again here. But from this perspective of really, truly helping each other is, it's made me very excited to participate in and support women in this industry for sure. Yeah, this is a very interesting aspect of of the industry that I'd really hadn't learned very much about until today. So thank you. Thank you for that. Well, I think it's a topic that is is really spread. I live right in the middle of the Bible Belt, so it's it's a much more of a hot button topic for us. But I think that overall, we're just seeing it pop up in so many different places. It's it's going to be everywhere in the next decade. It is. It is. And then we'll, you, we'll talk again and we can talk about all of the amazing things that are happening for entrepreneurs around cannabis. Exactly. Exactly. Now we're going to shift a little bit and I want to talk about what's working right now in your business. So one thing that I like to stress to coaches is that there's many ways, both online and offline, to make a living as a coach. So how are you generating revenue in your business today? Uh, courses. Courses and uh, one-on-ones. So what I'm finding works really well is I've started a course that gives really the basic information because I think a lot of coaches look at big companies or people who are extremely successful and think I either have to do that or nothing at all and then feel overwhelmed. So I like to give people something that they can really start to do to feel empowered that's easy to start where you can really have some success that will last you you know, a year or two, you really can float at this level of knowledge and expertise and and have a lot of success. So I teach that through an online course, but I also offer one-on-one coaching throughout the course because I think it's really important that you know you're doing it right. And oftentimes when someone gives you direction, you can go off and do it on your own. But then if you come back to the teacher and say, look, here's what I did, then they can say, well, you know, maybe you didn't explore this question as deeply as you needed to, or you've just really touched the surface there, or you kind of went in a different direction here. So let's pull this back and, and let me explain a little bit better to you. I can see this is where you really didn't get it. Because what I found is working with people one-on-one, I don't obviously get to service as many people. And when I just kind of turn the the course on and I don't really help people through it one-on-one a little bit, they tend to, everyone kind of gets stuck in a different place. They interpret things differently. They don't dig deep enough. So I like to come in and say, okay, let's take a look at the work you've done so far and let's see what I can do to really push you further and really tweak it. Because I want everyone who finishes my course to feel really confident when they sail off on their own, that they understand this material. So that seems to kind of, after a couple of years now of trying variations, that seems to be the one that is really working really well. I've graduated 10 students in the last few months who really, I feel very confident are going to do really, really well. So I'm going to stick with this model. Now, the Unstoppable Coach family is made up of new and experienced coaches, but what they have in common is that everybody wants to grow their business in a big way. So what's your favorite strategy for bringing in new clients? Podcasts. (laughs) 
It's actually one of the things that I tell a lot of my students that they need to get on board and really offer themselves as a guest on podcasts. It has done a lot to raise my profile in the coaching world. I've gotten a lot of requests and I've had a lot of people sign up for my courses through that. Um, and it also does a lot for my Twitter profile. And it, it also helps. I think doing podcasts and doing interviews is if a really good um, marriage with social media itself because it really helps the coach to focus in on what it is that they do. And even though coaches may be really good at delivering their service, a lot of times they're not really good at pitching themselves. So Mm -hmm. when you have to do 20 and 30 minute interviews where, you know, most people will talk to me about the same things over and over. And so I get my answers very refined and I become very comfortable speaking with people that I don't know about myself. And I think this is such great practice for coaches. I highly, highly recommend doing interviews and, and podcasts as often as they possibly can say yes. Every time someone asks to interview you. Well, I think that's great advice for a couple of reasons. You know, it, it really helps people to get comfortable communicating what it is that they do. And it also gives you the opportunity to begin to be an authority on your subject because not only are you, are you speaking about it, but you're also, you're speaking to a lot of different people. You're able to network with people. And like you said, just with the social media sharing, you're exposing people to podcasts. Other people are sharing your podcast interview. You know, it just, it's, it kind of gets into the cyclical aspect of it where, you know, the, the branches just start to go out. And as you do more and more, you just, you become more and more of an authority. Exactly. So knowing what you know now about building a successful business, what would you say is one action step that coaches should implement this week if they're serious about their business? Well, I say this not just because this is what I do, but because this is the world we live in. You need to get serious about your social media strategy. It is the best way to connect with people from anywhere and Facebook ads. So Facebook ads are really brilliant. Because on the one hand, as a consumer, on the other end, they can be a little creepy at times how clearly my needs and desires are met by these ads. But on the end of someone who's a coach who doesn't have an endless budget to spend, Facebook marketing allows you to reach your audience anytime, anywhere, with any demographic in the world. And that is so new and unusual for a small business and a coach. Because before we would have to take out print ads or spend a lot of money on Google AdWords or banner ads. And we had no control ultimately over who saw them. With Facebook ads, you can narrow it down into your exact demographic. If you, if your demographic is a 25 year old woman living in South Florida, who makes $100,000 a year, you can target her directly. It is it is a freedom and an ability to reach people and advertise and market in a way that has never been offered to small businesses before. But it is very important that you understand what you're doing because it can also become a financial drain. So my recommendation is to take a class 
from a very successful person who does Facebook ads or hire somebody to teach you or do it for you until you get started. I don't recommend trying to figure it out on your own. It's pretty complex, but it is something that is absolutely worth the time and the investment because they work and they are within reach financially. Well, this has been awesome. I've learned so much and we're going to finish up with the final five rapid fire questions. So what's one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? As my fiance has said, my unfailing and unwavering optimism. What's one quality you feel every successful coach needs to develop? The ability to listen. Give us one book that's had a big impact on your business or on your life. The Long Tail by Chris Anderson changed everything about how I saw the future of technology and why I became a social media person. Give us one online resource that you think coaches would love and that you can't do business without. Canva. It allows you to make gorgeous photos with zero Photoshop skills. Agreed. I like that one too. Uh, finally, how can the listeners best connect with you? What social platform do you hang out on the most and what's your website? I am on Facebook the most. My website is marker, M-A-R-K-Y-R dot com. And you can find me on Twitter at Kira Reed, K-Y-R-A-R-E-E-D. Um, Facebook is where I hang out the most, but I do communicate a lot with people on Twitter. Well, I'll be sure to put all of those links on the show notes page. And this has been an amazing conversation, Kira. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Millette. It's been a great conversation. Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. Be sure to head over to the website at unstoppablecoach.co where you can grab the show notes and check out all the resources and the links to the guest website and social sites. And be sure you join us every weekday when I interview another successful coach and we learn their secrets to building an unstoppable coaching business.